Okay, don't move. Let me get a picture. Okay, I'm gonna hit stop, right? Welcome to yet another episode of What's Next Podcast. Joined by my man Dominique Hawkins coming on this show, season premiere of season number two. So it's gonna be a good one, so stay tuned. Dominique Hawkins, man, welcome to the show, man. Happy to have you on here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course, of course, man. So let's get let's get right into it, man. What you got going on right now? Uh, right now, man, I'm just uh, training these kids in Kentucky. I've been traveling all around Kentucky, yeah. just doing individual training and uh, also doing camps with them. Okay, and, uh, cool. Yeah, I heard you had a camp for the Eastern Kentucky Flood Relief, correct? Did, How was I that did. camp? It was, it was good. good. It was good. Uh, we had it here in Richmond, Kentucky. Uh, we had several kids from other area codes come out and uh, have fun in the camp. It was yeah, just good. And that's it's, what's up. It's good to give back as well. You always known for doing that. That's one thing about I've noticed about Dominique, man. He's always giving back to the community. It's all about making other people feel good. It's not about him. Man, what where, where does that come from? Man, it's just uh, the way I was raised. My mom just raised me uh, as a as a as a young kid, saying yes sir, no sir, and stuff like that. And as that as a little steps, it just grows on to you. Like, and I, I'm a everyone say because my birthday is June. I'm a cancer, so I'm an emotional person. So <laughs> I, I gotta, I, I feel for others. So if someone's down, I'm always gonna try to help them up. So that's how, that's how I am. I, if I see, always I got that helping down. hand out, man. Exactly. I think that's exactly. why so many people gra- gravitate towards you, you the Kentucky community. Right. They could connect with you because you always giving back. That's right. that's what's up. And you're from Kentucky, so that exactly. that always helps, exactly. man. That always helps, man. So uh, let's go to your overseas journey, man. You're playing professional ball now. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, the common question that comes up with Dominique is like, man, what, what's he doing now? You know, he's playing professional ball overseas. You played in a number of uh, countries, man, Germany, uh, Slov- Slovakia, Iceland. I mean, talk about that and how that, that journey was for you, man. Uh, it, it's a different journey for me, for sure. Uh, never thought that basketball would take me to Europe playing professional sports. Uh, once I got there, I started off in Denmark, very homesick, depressed. It's, it's new. I was 30 minutes away from Lexington, Kentucky for four yeah, years straight. Yeah. So that's definitely an adjustment, man. Richmond's 30 mm-hmm. minutes away, and then you get shipped to Denmark, different country, different yes, culture. Yes, man, yes, I'm sure you had to deal definitely. with the culture shock, man. Oh, How was definitely, that? definitely. It, it was, uh, like I said, it was my first year, so I'm adjusted to all of it. Like I said, I got homesick easily. Uh, got two hours of daylight. Uh, time adjustment there is different yeah, and stuff cool. like that. So. It's just a, it's a, it's a grind uh, mentally. Got to be prepared for it. So what, what'd you learn out there, man? I ain't learned nothing in it. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing out there for real. Hey, I just, I, I learned, I did learn that different basketball players bring a different package to their game. Like being at Kentucky, all you see is athleticism and playmakers and stuff like that. Right. Then I go over there, fundamentally sound. To shoot the lights out. They're just real sharp on everything that they do. I, I want to ask you a little bit deeper detail with that. You know, and you can see it in NBA today. Overseas guys, the guys, you know, from Europe and uh, uh, wherever outside of America, high basketball IQ. You right. Know, guys right, like Luka right, Doncic, right. Nikola Jokic. Um, they don't rely so much on athleticism. Then in, in America, your American players, mm-hmm. man, like you jump out the gym, yeah, like all these athletes. So that you hearing you say that, like that's yeah. that makes yeah. me understand that that yeah. is actually yeah. true. You get what I'm saying? It is. It is for sure. What's your, what's your favorite moment from your overseas career, man? Uh, favorite moment probably was my. It was probably my. It was my first year actually. So I was in Denmark. 
wasn't playing well, homesick, gets shipped to a different team. I go to that team and I kill. I average like 18 points a game, six, six assists, six rebounds. And the fan base reminds me of Kentucky, but there's only 2,000 fans in the crowd. But they want autographs. After the game, want autographs, pictures. We go out to eat. They treat us like celebrities and stuff. So that was my favorite. Like my, I felt like I was more at home again. Yeah, it gives you that well. home, so, that home vibe. You know exactly, what I'm exactly, um, exactly. Did you travel a lot while you was out there? I didn't really travel too much. Uh, I was at that. I was young, that age. I just wanted to play 2K, Madden, stay in on the game and stuff like that. On so. the court, go back inside. Man. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I feel you, man. I feel you, man. Let's go back to where it all started, man. Madison Central. We are actually here, ladies and gentlemen, in Madison Central, as you can see. It's a beautiful, beautiful arena, man. Like, like. I wish I, in my high school I had this this uh, stage, but you know Dominique, I'm sure he was jumping in here as well. But uh, let's let's go back a little bit. I know you played um, two sports, football and basketball, man. Talk about that. How how, how come basketball became the one and not football? Because I I've heard football, you were legit. <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel like basketball became uh, the one because of my first love. Okay. Uh, I started playing football when I was like ten. I started playing basketball when I was five, and uh and it just. I was just tied to the game. Even though I was a good football player, though, but didn't have the passion for it. If I probably played football, I probably would have quit. But with basketball, a steady grind, grinded out with it. So. You definitely got to like yeah. it. Yeah. Exactly. You got to love something that you do. You can't just go at any job. You can't just go into work and then be in work trying to love it when you don't love it. Because it, it won't work at all. It won't. Work. It won't. Football. NFL interest. I'm telling y'all, he's this, this guy was legit in football, man. Talk about how you know they recruited you. You know, NFL teams was actually looking at you at one point. Right, right. Uh, when I was uh, I was in, living in LA at this time, uh, doing the pre-draft combine right, with right. De'Aaron Fox and uh, other athletes that was there as well. Right, right, right. Um, shout out De'Aaron, by the way. <laughs> uh, he just got married, and uh, the Cowboys uh, sent down a recruiter. Uh, to watch me do basketball workouts. I was very confused about it, but then he sat me down and talked to me. He's like, man, you know that you could be like a top-level defensive back. And I was like, I don't really know about it, though, but I, I'm, I, I'm trying to stick with basketball right now. And he came in every single day for 20 days, just kept coming in really? and talking to me. So He was there every day? He was there every day just to watch me work out, just watch me work out. But the thing about it, I never went to the facilities in, uh, for the Cowboys or did a workout for them. So I did a, work, I did a workout for the rival, the Eagles. So I went to do that uh, combine for them. And it turned out good, though. But they talked to me like they didn't want me. So okay. I, just, I just left it alone okay. as well. So. And after that, then I went overseas. I didn't hear anything else after that. So, Man, at least you had the opportunity. Oh, yeah, that's the thing about it. I had doors open the for open, me. Open, man, so. basketball, that's, football. Like, exactly. You don't see that every day, man. Exactly, really that's don't. true. That's true. That's a that's blessing. True. That's, that's true. a blessing. That's true. Who are some of the people that, that inspired you to play basketball? Who, who, who got you into the game, man? Uh, I would definitely – it was a guy here in Richmond. His name's uh, Robbie Estel. Uh, he was my little league coach. He's the one that got me. Uh, going. Uh, he was like, he was a coach, but he was like a hype man, if you oh, really? understand what I'm saying. So, <laughs> if you ever seen N1, like you see the dude with the mic, that's always hype yeah, players. That's yeah, how he was. They playing yeah, uh, outside. Yes, yeah, uh, he was one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was one of those. So, he was hyping me up then. After that, after Lily, obviously he can't be my coach when I go to middle school and stuff. So, 
I found a favorite player of mine, and that was Derrick Rose. Oh, and man. Where was, where was Derrick Rose at that time? He was in Memphis. He was in Memphis with Coach Calipari, crazy, right? <laughs> so I just always loved Derrick Rose because everyone told me I was really athletic and moved just like play him similar, and stuff, similar, played very similar, right, right, right. all right? And he just became my favorite player that way. Isn't that crazy how, you know, you, you're watching this player, Derrick Rose, and then mm-hmm. you're watching his coach, Coach Cal Perry. Exactly. Little do, do you know that in a few years that's going to be your coach. Exactly. Like, isn't that it's crazy? crazy. <laughs> it is. It really, it that's is. crazy, man. Really that's is. the story, man. So I want to talk to you about a little bit about Madison Central, man. You won a state championship here. Um, how does it feel to, you know, win a state championship in Rupp Arena, your future your future school, right. how does that feel? Are you walking in there and you, you, you're winning that, that chip, you're getting a ring, a state championship ring, you're playing right. in Rupp, you're representing Richmond, Kentucky, right. and then you're gonna be going to the University of Kentucky to represent right. them in your future. How, does that, how did that moment feel for you? Uh, that, at the time, you couldn't really describe it. Like, I was just numb when everyone's just showing so much love and like the whole city support me in that way. But now looking back at it, it's definitely a top five moment of my life. Uh, every kid in Kentucky dreams of winning at Rupp Arena because at Kentucky we're like the only state that all schools compete against each other like oh, wow. say Indiana they got a 1A that's right that's right like Florida Kentucky. Was, where I'm from Florida that it was seven, 1A 2A yeah. seven, it was all the way up to 7A yeah, yeah like, Kentucky so everyone everyone competes for it it's like, it's like a, a big, big tournament yeah it's, it's a big tournament all 120 <laughs> some teams in it so it means a little bit more that way, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. You, that means if you're a top dog, you really oh, a top definitely, dog. For definitely, sure. definitely. And going to Go Rupp Arena, yeah. I didn't have, I really didn't have any, too many scholarships my senior year. Okay. But going to Rupp Arena opened doors up for me. Yeah, I was going to ask you about your recruiting yeah, process. Coach yeah. Cal, he didn't, uh, he didn't give me a scholarship until like my first game after. Uh, your first Rupp, game at, at Rupp? At Rupp Sweet wow. 16. So I got a scholarship really late from them. And I had to keep it on hush as well. How'd you, how'd you manage to do that? Because I know if I was in your situation, man, I'm, I'm telling everybody, I, man, I got, an offer from, <laughs> I got an offer from Coach Cal, man. I'm yeah, telling my whole yeah. family, friends, all that. How'd you, how'd you keep your composure? I, I was just a really humble guy, uh, good with secrets. Like, you couldn't read me. Like, if I was walking the hallway, I'm just smiling. Lay back. Always smiling. So, yeah. always smiling. Uh, not always, though. That's, <laughs> I, everybody always said I'm always smiling, but I ain't always smiling. So, but. I was just I kept I kept good composure with that because I'm very humble. I don't I don't like expressing stuff. Even if I'm doing something amazing, I'm still going to probably show the same facial expression. That's wonderful, man. That stay stay like that. Stay like that, man. That's what's up. I want to ask you uh, your relationship with with Coach Cal, man. Uh, talk a little bit about you know how your relationship has grown over the years with Coach Cal. Coach Cal, he's my guy. He uh, he protected me. Like if say if I had a bad game, he wasn't going to throw me under the bus. He would take the blame. And for a coach to do that, that means a lot. That means he cares about the players. And and uh, wasn't wouldn't be no other coach I would want to play for. Uh, Kentucky fans are crazy. If you're not winning, they're, they're gonna they're gonna, gonna get the they're gonna blame someone. <laughs> they're gonna blame someone, right? So, but Coach Cal, he handled it, he handled that pressure so good. People in his shoes, I don't know if they can handle that without trying to go back at someone. You know, it's funny you say that because Coach Cal, like the thing I noticed about Coach Cal. He, like you said, he always takes the blame. Like, he, he's never going to throw it on his players or anything like that. If win or lose, he's saying, you know, uh, it's on me. And exactly, that's respect. Exactly, that's, like, exactly. You don't get a lot of coaches like exactly. that. Man. That's what makes him so elite. Best thing you learned from Coach Cal, man? Uh, best thing I learned from Coach Cal, and I learned so much from him, uh, 
The best thing I learned from him is probably, probably learning fast. What I'm saying by learning fast is he will always say next guy up. And if I wasn't ready that game, like I would have to learn a different position. I had to learn one, two, and three. So I had to learn quick, learn quick on that. So he was able to teach me that I need to know more than one position. Because in high school, I only knew point guard. But I knew other people's position, but I never would play their positions. But when I get to college, I had to learn how to play a one, two, and three. And then defending, I had to defend the best player. It didn't matter what the size was. <laughs> if he was a perimeter, I had to learn how to guard that. Yeah. And he was in my ear. He, he helped me, like, learn how to trash talk, how to do, like, really? little stuff nah. defensively wild. Okay. So, man. yeah, I appreciate him for that. Defense. A lot of people don't understand how good of a defender you are, man. Right. How did you get to that level to be such a good defender, man? Was it just the putting in the work, or is it something other than that? It's uh, it's both. It's putting in the work and other other little stuff. Uh, it started here in high school. Coach Fethouse here. Uh, all he's talking about is defense. Defense wins championships. Defense scores on fast breaks. He don't want to set up the offense. We want to just get it and go. With Coach Cal, he recruits the best point guards and guards. So I'm guarding De'Aaron Fox, Jamal Murray, yeah. Devin Booker, Tyler Ulis, James Young, Every Harrison Twins. Every day in practice. So. It's insane. Like, that's going to sharpen my defense. So I'm seeing the best players in college. Who's your hardest player, teammate, that you had? To, you walking into practice, who are you like, oh, man, I got to guard this man today. Who's that guy? Because uh, <laughs> you play with a yeah, yeah, number yeah. of guys. I know, I know. It's, it's different. It's different skill sets. So I would say Tyler Ulis, the hardest pick and roll guy to guard. Okay. All right. And then one-on-one, I would say Malik Monk. He fried me. He fried me oh, a couple times. His, his mid-range is just so pure. Especially in college, like he he was he was unstoppable, yeah, and he, he scored forty seven on North Carolina. So we, yeah, we saw yeah, it. I mean, yeah, so <laughs> it's crazy. It is crazy, man. We're moving on from Madison Central. You're you're committed. You're going to University of Kentucky. What's your mindset going into you know uh, a whole new environment? Mm-hmm. You're playing for your dream school. You grew up right. you grew up a big fan of University of Kentucky. Now you're there, and then you get thrown out there. You're a freshman, and then you're playing with the Harrison Twins, Julius Randle, all these guys. Like, yeah. like, what's your mindset going into these practices and, and, and into the season in general? I, I kept the, the same mindset as uh, I always do. Like, I'm just a competitor, so I look at them as other guys. Like, a lot of people look at them as, like, superstars. Like, especially Julius. Julius was, like, <laughs> I, I, he was, like, they was, like, the next LeBron pretty much is what they thought about Julius though. But I just went in there and just took it one day at a time. Find my role is what I told myself. Defensive stopper, that's what it was. I was like, okay, I'm going to get dirty, die for loose balls, defend the best players. So, so, so Dominique, not to cut you off, finding your role. Talk about how, how important that is. A lot of, for the young kids, yeah. you know, they don't understand, you know, the importance of, of finding your role on the team. Talk about how you, you're, you're a walking element of that, you know, right, being right, able to right, find right. your role. Because you've been, you had so many different roles throughout your years at UK, exactly. you know, whether, exactly. you know, your freshman year, you coming in off the bench, uh, uh, and then your third, second year, you got a bigger role, you know, you're playing right. backup point guard, you coming right. into your senior year, and then you got to make plays now, you got to mm-hmm. score a little bit more. Exactly. Talk about that. Exactly. So finding your role, it's, like kids do not understand how big finding your role is. So I'm glad we're talking about this. There's always going to be one guy or two guys coach is going to let rock. All right. So there's two guys that's going to be scored. They can do whatever what they want to do. But there's three guys. They got to find that role. So there's going to be a big that's probably need a rebound. Just run basket to basket. There's a guard. He got to spot up and shoot. 
you ain't gonna be making plays off the dribble. He already got, got someone doing, doing that. Right. All right. And then there's a forward. He's gonna be like the best defender, running, running the court, doing the little things, right, hustling right, right. and stuff like that. So, guys that don't understand it is because they hallucinate and they're thinking they can do more stuff than they should be doing. And that's why you can't find the road. But a lot of guys, when they find that road, the team clicks and they start being successful. I, I agree, man. I totally agree, man. The thing about you, Dominique, that I noticed with you, um, every single year you played at UK, major improvement. You know what I'm saying? What, mm-hmm. what, walk me through how you got to that level, you know, from your freshman year to your senior year, making the right. big plays. Was it just experience or was there something other than that? It was, it was I want to say it's, uh, it's, it's not experience. More, it's experience as well, though, but it's more of just working hard. Like, I went in my freshman year, I didn't know no footwork or anything. So I had to learn the footwork, learn how to play against faster people and stuff like that. So now that it goes into my sophomore, junior, and senior year, I just sharpen up on it. So the experience does help, but you got to work hard for it. I agree. I think that uh, the work ethic has a lot to do with it, staying in the gym. Learning from those who you you know uh, came before you as well, I think that that matters. Um, give me your favorite UK moment, um, and I'll give you my favorite UK moment of you. You, I want you to go first though. My favorite UK moment, I probably have to go with SEC run that championship, got the tournament MVP. So I agree, that was big that's, time, man. That that's that's finding your role, man. That's yeah, a perfect that's example exactly, of that. Like exactly. a lot of people don't understand that exactly. the importance of that. You displayed that on the on the big stage, man. Exactly. That's what's up. Um, any advice to any younger kids who want to make it to the Division One level? And I'm sure you give it out all the time. You train young kids every day, so <laughs> you could share some. That'd be great. <laughs> Keep working hard. Uh, it's a grind. Like, like basketball is more of a mental thing than people think it is. There's gonna be days you're not doing well, though, but you just gotta keep up with it and take it one day at a time. That's that's all I have to say to the kids that want to play D1 basketball. For sure, man. You, I mean, you said it. I don't have nothing else to say. You're, you're a walking example. Um, talk a little bit about your clothing line, brand. A lot of people don't know that you have your own clothing line, man. Uh, we actually repping it right here. Um, talk a little bit about what, what you got going on here, man. We got some, we got some wings on there. We got right, an autograph. Right, right. What does this mean? What does this yeah, mean? Yeah. So basically, I, uh, I was, I've been doing camp, so I was creating shirts for right, the kids right. at camp. And then I was like, oh, I might as well go ahead and drop a clothing line and see how this do. And then we came up with the little wings on my autograph. So the wings stands for my last name, Hawkins. A lot of people call me D-Hawk or Hawk. So uh, I, I get it now. So, yeah, and the shirts, uh, every time I sell one, 10% goes to it to kids to get in the camp that can't afford it as well. So, so trying to look out for the community as always. God bless, man. So what's, what's next for you, man? We on What's Next podcast. What you got next planned up for Dominique Hawkins, man? Man, uh, uh, just trying to stay healthy and uh, continue playing basketball overseas as well. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to get that opportunity, though, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy with what I'm doing with, with this training, training the kids and stuff and with my merch. So like, let me ask you this with training. Have you ever decided, like, have you ever even thought about coaching, going into coaching? Or? I've, I've thought about it. Of course I've thought about it. I'm a... <laughs> I love basketball, though, but it has to be the right spot for me. I don't want to just take any coaching job. Right, 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 so, right. And I'm, I'm young right now, I feel like. I'm 28. Uh, got, I'm not out of my prime of playing professional ball, so 
just taking my time right now uh, to be able to coach. Going to UK, I know that's helped me out a lot to find a coaching job. I was playing four years for a Hall of Fame coach, and I learned so much knowledge from him. And the coach we got here at this high school is a Hall of Fame coach too. So I played for two Hall of Fame coaches. So I got great knowledge and great, great, great guys. Yes, to take from. I agree. I agree. Lot, lots of to you know share the knowledge that you've got from Coach Cal, your high school coach, all those guys, man. It it makes the basketball community much better. Oh, definitely. You know, um, uh, that that's what's important. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we got for today. What's next podcast featuring my man Dominique Hawkins. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button while you can. That'll definitely help us out a lot. Other than that, that is our season premiere of What's Next podcast featuring my man. For more episodes and exclusive content, subscribe to What's Next with Rio. Thank you.